Well, hello. Welcome back to me, you, and Jeju. We have Tommy live this time. Tommy Tran, our guest that has been on our show. This is your third time. No third kidding. Time. You're a repeat. Wow, I didn't even know. I Gosh. But this is the first time that he's going to be on the show as a like a guest. Yes, that's as right. An you did great. Because okay. every time he's been on, he's been on to discuss, you know, whatever the right. topics of the day. Right, right, right. So, and we're on location here at As Asalam. Asalam, mm -hmm. which is is it still the only Yemenese restaurant? No, or is there well, more it, now? it's I would say it's Arabic. And there's two on the island. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But this is, you know, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much live here. Uh -huh. yeah. And it's well. interesting. I was doing a little bit of research about the restaurants since we're going to come here. And, like, I wrote about it twice. And oh, really? Yeah, I've written about it for, you know, <laughs> whatever. And then uh, UN uh, Human Rights Council, mm. they also did a piece on it, right? Like, to yeah. talk about the refugee situation here. But also, like, it's a, it's a positive story when it comes to it's embracing of, of yeah it's, it's fantastic amazing. Yeah. it's a love story it's a good good people story it's everything story yeah. yeah well people don't can you explain the love story because people don't oh, know oh sure do you know the love story right a little bit a little, little bit yeah. so the owner um she is um she got Sorry, wow, I need to concentrate. <laughs> so I'm like, let me tell you about this. Uh, the owner is a good friend of mine, and she, when the Yemeni refugees first came here, she had a studio, um, and she just let everybody crash at her studio. Um, it was, I think at one point there was 20 people sleeping there, you know, just on the floor. they pack everything up and put it away. But what ended up happening is they started doing group dinners. And they, anyone, even if you weren't sleeping there, everyone could come and be together and have a dinner. And so the guys would cook, and anyone, anyone was invited, and we, there would be these group dinners. So one of the guys that there was there, she fell in love with, and now he is the chef. Yeah, it's and a great story. The, yeah, it's a great story. It was a great wedding. It's a great, yeah, it was amazing, yeah. Yeah, and so we're, first of all, thank you so much for having us here and letting yes. us do yeah, the yeah, podcast yeah. here. Yeah. And it's so good to see you, Tommy. Yeah. Thank you. Tommy to flew in from California <clears throat> just for the interview, right? <laughs> just for the interview, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it, again, so people know, he's a lecturer at the University of California, Merced. Merced. You, you did that last time, too. Do you remember? I do it every single time. He did that last time, yeah. Merced. And you're a PhD in Asian languages and cultures. Is That's that correct? Right. Perfect. So but before we get to our interview, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I saw this fascinating article today, and I wanted to pose a question to you first before we get into it. Okay. Is Jeju tourism a victim of its own success? I think definitely it is. Uh huh. Why? Well, numerically, Jeju's, um, Jeju's tourism is uh, far beyond even that of the entire state of Hawaii. We're talking, no way. We're talking about all of the islands of Hawaii, not just just Oahu where everyone ends up. So Jeju, in terms of land area and size, Jeju is about the same as Oahu. But we're, if we're including the entire state of Hawaii, Jeju getting much more tourism than the entire Hawaiian island chain. That's pretty much insane in terms That's of volume. That's insane. Yeah. It's a really good idea to uh, talk about Hawaii yes. compared to Jeju for so yes. many reasons now. Yeah. Not just, yeah, not like, just superficial <laughs> reasons, right? But mm -hmm. for legitimate reasons. Yeah, we're like, talking mm -hmm. about 15 to 16 million tourists a year for That's, Jeju yeah. compared to Hawaii's 8 to 9 million. Uh -huh. Well, and Hawaii has long, long uh, ago asked people to stop coming do, yes. you, do you know is that are you about to bring no, that up I actually, long ago yeah. said really 
please stop coming to our state. So I, I was speaking to some uh, like experts, lecturers in tourism, like university professors in tourism. I asked them, like, so what can we do? Like, what do you see? Are there any problems with Jeju tourism or anything like that? And they said that they need to come up with a cap. They need to cap how many, because there's, yes. even in tourism industry, there's an issue of trying to balance uh, like local enjoyment, like the locals' enjoyment of the life, and also this is good. Jeju's enjoyment right. of uh, uh, tourist tourism, yeah, enjoyment here. And so the article I was talking about, we talk a lot about cars, right? And rental cars, rental cars on Jeju, the price of them has skyrocketed. Oh, right, it, you can't even find one, yeah. let alone rent one. If you could find one, so, did you find one? Yeah, are you renting? Oh, I don't, I don't ever dare drive a car. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy's calling it out like it is. Yeah. So the cost right now to rent like a mid-sized car, mm -hmm. this comes from Chosan uh, Biz, which okay. is a good article, yeah. good newspaper. They said that um, it's about 1.3 million won for a week to wow. rent a what? car, a, a, like a regular. It's a XM3, so it's like not, not a special even, car or anything that's like, like that. That's like buying a car. That's like buying a car. Right. It's right. more expensive than so, my car that I bought, <laughs> my piece of shit car that I have. Part of the reason for that is that, you know, the former governor, Governor Wan, he instituted a policy back in 2018 to try to reduce cars on the rental road. cars mm -hmm. on Jeju. But yeah. So now, instead of, there was 30,303 30, rental cars on Jeju, now it's down to... 29,800. That's a massive difference. Well, it's 500 car difference. But oh, I thought it's 5,000. Sorry, my way. <laughs> All right, Alexis. But that has caused the price to partially one of the reasons why it's gone up. Also, the demand. Yeah, the demand. But what people are doing instead is they're shipping their cars to Jeju. It's cheaper. I'm sorry, what? People are paying 600,000 won to ship their like cars. Like on a ferry? On a ferry. And then they just drive, they their, drive their own car. Is that here. round trip? Yes. Part of me thinks that's genius. Yeah. That's very smart. The other hand is like, that's crazy. Right. I That's crazy. The purpose of the whole policy was to prevent congestion yes, yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of backfired, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, to get anywhere on Jeju now is so hard. Mm. It takes so long to do anything on Jeju. Oh, well, you know, like <laughs> even when I first moved here 10 years ago, yeah. most local residents didn't have cars. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't... All my friends didn't have cars. Yeah. My friends' parents didn't yeah. have cars. I mean, now everybody has a car. But yeah. before, taxis, buses, that was yeah. it, you but know? Buses yeah. suck on Jeju. Yeah. The transportation's yeah. not very good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I lived in Shinjeju in, in 2010, and uh -huh. it took only 15 minutes by bus to get to Gujeju. But yeah. now it's, no. it's 45 minutes to an hour. Right. Because and, of congestion. Yep. And so this goes back to the question about okay. is it. Uh, is, is JJ becoming a victim of uh, yeah. tourism of its own success because it's costing so much to come here on a trip nowadays? Yeah. Why not just go to Thailand where it might be cheaper? Yeah, exactly. Right? So, um, and so I'm, this is something that I think. Jeju really needs to consider about how it needs how it's going to prioritize its tourism. Is it going to get like expensive tourism, like high class? Tourism, boutique tourism, or is it go because it can't do any you can't more? Do any more right, right. No one's not gonna. Right. No one's gonna pay ten thousand yeah. dollars for a trip to Jeju yeah. for Mini Mini Land, right? It's right. not that special, right? So yeah. What like what do you foresee? What are you our thoughts about Jeju tourism being a victim of its own success? I think the key problem is that that when they went with budget tourism, they kept running with it and they didn't mm -hmm. know when to stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um. 
So certainly in the beginning when we had the budget carriers, um, it, it, was, it was a great thing at first, but then suddenly we have all these other budget carriers appearing at the same time. Yep. We had Gin Air, we had Tway, we had E-Star, all these suddenly appearing. Bam, bam. Yep. Bam. We and more whole, coming. Yeah, we basically have the entire population of Seoul coming to judge uh -huh. Yeah. So, uh -huh. um, so, in the beginning, it was probably a good thing for Jeju, but now, like, when is it going to stop? That's the. That's When's the enough issue. enough? And um, and another problem is that even with the planning itself, it seems like there's no clear idea of what exactly the cap is, even though there is an awareness that Jeju really cannot handle any of this. Mm -hmm. the, there is an awareness of it. People there certainly government, is. Yeah. In, in government documentation, there, there are long-term plans. There is an awareness that they can't keep doing this forever. Mm. Do you think the government's not willing to, to make a stand because they don't want people to turn against them? Do you I think, think that's, that's part of it? Okay. Too, because uh, you have another, to be careful. Yeah. Another problem with um, with politics in general is that many of these governors and, and mayors they they want to get something out of their term. Mm -hmm. They're only in their term for X amount of years, mm -hmm. so they have to make some kind of impact. Mm -hmm. So it, so kind of so ironically, um, liberal democracy accidentally feeds into this this need to make something. Yes. And we've seen this with Governor One as well. Right, right. And so you think a good policy plan would be like to come up, I want to be governor of Jeju, you should vote for me because I will do nothing. Right. <laughs> I do, it does seem that way, though, yeah. like, or, or just the opposite, which is allowing too much growth on the islands. Right. You know, I think Governor Juan did not do a good, well, he enabled so much growth on this yes. island that really had a negative impact. I mean, I think that's what he will be remembered for was just how massively the growth on the island, the, sorry, the development on the island grew under his term. Right. Yeah. So based on some of the documents that I've looked at and stuff, part of the development is, like the, the driving force behind it is to grow the economy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is there, is that what you're seeing too? Is that the main driving force for the development is just simply to keep the economy here growing? Yeah, the, um, Another problem with the policy itself is the assumption that everything in Korea is going to grow forever, which is certainly not, uh -huh. because the population is shrinking. The economy is the smallest, indeed right? set to shrink the next few years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, with the growth-first policy and the reality that the country is not growing, there's this um, endless drive to just keep on building and hope they'll come. Right, build it. Build it, and they will come. come. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I just read an article. Didn't uh, maybe I, I wish? Don't quote me here, but I think I just read that in Seoul, yeah. it was the lowest population growth uh, since. The, when was the last decline? Eighties? Was that the eighties? Yeah, I think so. I'm horrible with dates. If you know me, you know I'm horrible. Date, but I just read the article that it's uh, the lowest since that last decline. So it's a, it's a. Big yeah, deal. Yeah, big and the deal. government certainly is pushing for people to have babies. They're like, take some money. Yeah. Have a baby, have some money. Have two yeah. babies, have some more money. Uh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. Especially in a country that's like, the, the ranks the lowest among the OECD nations mm -hmm. for, for fertility and, mm -hmm. and children. And they're, they don't seem very gung-ho about immigration. No. So, no. That's not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> it's such a... Yeah, anyways, yeah, we, that's, a whole, that's a whole topic, harder, right? Mm. Sorry? If anything has gotten harder to get into Korea. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so do you have any, like, what would you like to see to happen with the tourism? Because you can't stop it. You can't, you can't just end it now. Yeah. Well, certainly there, there needs to be 
actual discussions on what Jeju's capacity mm. is. Mm -hmm. and flights in and out, maybe? Yeah, like flights. And also, and also think about what kind of tourism they actually want. That's what you were that, saying, yeah, right? Yeah, that's another problem. That they're, like, they're, they have an idea of what Jeju is going to be, but, but Jeju cannot be everything all at once, which is the main problem in these, these policies mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. right, yeah. Jeju has to be mm -hmm. something, not everything. That's interesting. You know, I always thought, I just had the expat festival yesterday, but I yeah. always went, the first time I moved here, and during the spring and summer months, there would be a, a festival every weekend on Jeju yeah. in every different part. And it always amazed me because, like you're saying, you can't be everything. I, I just thought, why instead of just, like, having a festival, boom, 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 why wouldn't you, like, pull your resources and have a couple really good festivals, the fire right. festival, um, an, a, you know, another, another sort of festival, instead of just, like, every little village has its own... <laughs> That could be a cultural thing, though, right? Like, yeah. Jimun has its own thing, I, and that's a big thing for Jimun. The government gives the money for the yeah. festivals, though. That's true. So it was sort of these things, in my opinion, people were like, well, let's get money, and let's have this festival. Jimun, that's different. Mm -hmm. But when you're having a festival in every, and it's not based around anything, I think yeah. it was, I'll take the money, we'll hold a festival. Yeah. That actually is was a policy from the late 1990s, and part of the reason was because of decentralization of the government in the late 1990s, that it's really every locality for itself and trying to attract as mm -hmm. much, much attention as possible. Uh -huh. So it doesn't matter what, what uh, the outcome is. As long right. as they get attention, that's all they need. Right, right. But then in the end result, in my opinion, is nobody's getting attention yeah. or the good enough attention. Yeah. You know, like it, it's a little too much. That's a cool watch. I was just distracted. Yeah. Sorry, audience. Yeah. I'm just like distracted by your very fancy watch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, um, there's a professor at UT Austin who also looks into this phenomenon, um, Dr. Yu Jung Oh. She also is a native of Jeju, and she's actually oh. working on a project on um, the phenomenon of, um, of Wolcheng and how that place basically turned from a sleepy little Henya village yes. into the next big thing. Mm. It's what well, we when I first moved here we called the foreigners called nobody would go to that beach right. nobody there was one cafe and there was one little tiny restaurant do you remember yeah. and all foreigners loved it but it was hard to get to that's yeah. the cactus place right where yeah. all the cactuses yeah. are well yeah. now we called it then we started calling it the cafe beach now we call it insta beach uh -huh. because right. everyone just goes to take photos there but I have that is. I will sit at one of the cafes on the roof and look down and just watch everyone get in car accidents below. It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Well, not not to not to pump my own tires. I recently did a. Do you a just say pump my own tires? Is that a phrase in a Canada? Yeah. Oh, great. What isn't there a phrase everywhere? Pump no, my own have tires. I've heard that, I no, heard that before. <laughs> Fill my own gas. Toot, eat my, my own food. Toot my horn. To my own horn. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, I did a, a. I was recorded for uh, to talk about Sasam for a recent travel show, mm -hmm. and we went to Wuljong, and the, like that was a place that they definitely wanted to have mm -hmm. on camera. And the, I don't know that much about like my, my expertise is very small. I mean, they're like, so tell us about Wuljong, and I'm just like, um, it used to be like this. Now it's yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now it's a miniaturized version of Waikiki, basically. Yeah. Really, it's, it's, it's madness. And there's not enough parking. Yeah. Uh, you can't, there's nothing to, to, to have that many cafes. And they're stacked on top of each other. So mm -hmm. one's here and then another one's here. Oh, yeah. There's not enough parking. There's no, there was no development planning so for that town. So well, why would Why, what happened there? What is yeah, she looking at? That's interesting. I... It, that's that's something I've been trying to figure out myself. And once this book out comes out by uh, Doctor O, we'll we'll, we'll find, find out. Yeah. Uh. Is she? Was she? Not to bring up somebody else, but is she? That was essential. Her her study was just Wuljung, or 
Um, her like her overall um, research is on the phenomenon of, of um, place making and place selling in, okay. in Korea in general. Okay. But then okay. she decided to return to her, her home um, her home island and look at the case study of Wolchung. Mm. Because that also boggled her mind. If, why Wolchung? Why, yeah. why right. this place in the middle of nowhere back then yeah. suddenly become the big thing? Yeah, because it really is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's right. a, such a far point out, you yeah. know, like to get to, yeah. So let's... Uh, We've talked a bit about the tourism side, like and for the, for the tourists and that kind of stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the effects on Jeju. What are and the Jeju locals? What are some of the effects of this uh, tourism as a victim of its own success? How is that impacting the local Jeju people? Now, certainly, Jeju is far more expensive than it used to be when I first came in way back in 2007. Mm. So when I came in 2007, it was probably one of the most affordable places I'd been in Korea because not a lot of people wanted to come here. Right. But then flash forward only three years later, when I came back in 2010, it was already one of the more expensive parts mm-hmm. of Korea. Then mm-hmm. flash forward again, when I started doing my th- dissertation research, it was the most expensive part of Korea. It is the most expensive it part. Is. Oh, yes. There was a recent... I, I recently tweeted about it, so, you know, go follow us on me and JJ Twitter, um, <laughs> about um, how foreign ownership, I don't want to say foreigners, but oh, non-Korean ownership really has gone up a lot, like 25%. Like, of all the par- all the, uh, the home buying on Jeju, 25% of it, I believe, yeah. was by non-Koreans. And also land transfers were like 30% in the last four months or three months of the year. Yeah. Right, and so that's got to have, and that's got people concerned, right? Well, and they should be. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those. I've I've been, I don't know if I'm lucky enough, but I've been lucky enough to live in Hawaii in various like to go to various, but pre uh, tourism, <clears throat> and then and then the unlucky part is you could see, and I see it on Jeju so plainly what tourism does to an area and how it can break it down, and it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then when your town is focused on tourism it will not last forever. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? What are we going to do with all these cafes, all these empty apartment buildings, all yeah. these hotels? What are we going to do with these right. places, you know? Has, you know, Je- Je- has this already happened to Jeju? Because I remember coming here and seeing, like, there's there's a ton of old, abandoned. abandoned hotels that never got finished. And in Jungmin, there used to be these two mm. balls. The like the, I don't know how to explain it. They look like testicles. Yeah. But there were these two... Spheres yeah. of metal that yeah. I had no idea what they were ever going to become, and they were only within the last year or so been removed, but they were there forever. Yeah. Well, do you remember the hotel in Jungmoon outside of Jung? We used to sneak into it, mm. and it, we would just not do any damage of corporate. It was so fascinating. It was beautiful. Be- yeah. One of the most gorgeous. I have traveled all over the world it was one of the most gorgeous patios with a yeah. pool and outside bar right. these big wood doors heavy wood doors yeah. that were around uh-huh. and we would just go I wish I had pictures of it but back then who had cameras we didn't have camera we didn't the cell right. phones and stuff like it wasn't the same right. it, and it sat empty and we would just go and we would just hang out we would sit on the cliff we would drink a beer and then we they had a guard they had to pay a guard yeah. to, do you remember that so we would this sounds horrible but we would, we would sneak in the back <laughs> in the back way and it just sat there for years. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's I think it's reopened. But is there, are no way. Things, I, I, I don't go. I don't leave my house. I'm just. I think so. But like there was another building that is now the Olay Trail office building in Sogipo, right. and that was a beautiful empty building that just sat there rotting forever. But are these? Is this like? Are these empty buildings uh, a symptom of old, like success? Like 
big victims of its own success. Oh, certainly. Uh, during uh, the Japanese tourism bubble, the back in back in um, back in the seventies, up until in, up until the nineties. So um, so once the, once Japan's economy crashed in the nineties, basically all of that tourism development was was just for nothing. Uh-huh. So you had these large numbers of abandoned hotels, and you had these abandoned brothels in Shinjuku. And I remember when I came in 2000, 2007, uh, like the shelves of these abandoned brothels were still all around in Shinjuku, and really? everyone kind of knew that they were there, but they just wouldn't talk about it. Huh. Interesting. I I'll be honest with you. I didn't know Japanese tourism was a thing here. Oh, it, it was very big in the in the sense. yeah. Yeah, certainly in the 60s and the 70s, it, the the government of Japan itself was actually involved in Jeju tourism. So, what do you mean involved in? Oh, if, as part of um part of the, their uh, discussions on normalizing relations between South Korea and Japan, um, part of the stipulation was to open parts of Korea for Japanese tourism. So um, Japan was having a problem that they were overworking their own office workers, and they were starting to get a little disgruntled. <laughs> so, um, so basically, the Japanese government, uh, what they did was to work with corporations in Japan to have tourism packages to Korea as soon as Korea reopened to Japan. Japrio is kind of like this outlet for these disgruntled office workers, and a good chunk of it was actually sex tourism. I sure. was just, and, yeah, um, just and, about to say. Yeah, and one of the <clears throat> points. For discussion was to make Jeju one of the prime locations for sex tourism in Japan from Japanese、uh, tourists. Wait, like like officially? And、um, like it's kind of it was spoken in the discussions. It's not technically official, but it's basically what they discussed in, as part of、uh, the development aid. Yeah, considering the, the、uh, prostitution's a sex work in general is just illegal here. Yeah. Well, then also like the. The apologies for the sex, you know, for the oh, sex slaves. Know, like the sex oh, slaves wow! So, I didn't even think like, that. Like that's wild to me、yeah. that you know, and then here Korea de- keeps demanding. I I know of stories of people on Jeju who were like second wives for Japanese men, and that they would like come back and forth, and they have like two families essentially. They were put up in nice apartments in Jeju. While because they could afford it, and JJ was still yeah. So if you ever have a chance to look at、um, these collections of of、um, building records in,、uh, I think it's I don't know if it's in in、uh, the、um, the provincial off or provincial library,、mm-hmm. but there is a collection of books that were approved by by the Jeju government for construction, and they actually show these these photographs, these these really elaborate buildings that are of a mixed modern and Korean style,、mm-hmm. but these buildings were actually these brothels that were catering to Japanese tourism during the 60s and 70s. So wild to me. Yeah, it was、That's、completely an open secret. Everyone knew about it,、right. even though technically was not legal. Well, there's still brothels behind city hall, yes, right? Yes,、yeah. you know, and there's so that's fascinating because that's you know because Jeju, to my knowledge, is probably the only pl- one of the only places, maybe the only place that didn't have a comfort women station in Korea. Even though some scholars have tried to argue that there was at least one here, but the Arguments may not be on solid ground because it's it's hard. It's hard to go from. Yeah, it's all just hearsay. Yeah,、um, like you you hear rumors every now and then that that there was a comfort station at Altura, right right um right by Dejang. All right. But again, that's only hearsay. You don't know if that's really true. Yeah, I there was a I went I covered it. There was a conference that somebody held to say like we found a comfort women station on Jeju, but it was like one person's recollections、yeah. of. These、uh, like suicide,、uh, what are they called? 
kamikaze boat U-boat drivers that were like in Gosan, where they were stationed, or where the yeah. So like, but that's it. Like, there's no any real proof other than one person saying, "I think this is what it was," right? But like, let's go to Jeju Dialect Corner, and we'll come back and we'll talk to Tommy more about pick his brain. This is awesome. This is fascinating. And now we're back for yet another Jeju learning lesson. I decided I like the Jeju LL. You like that? The alliteration. (laughs) Welcome back to our amazing teacher, the amazing Juju. I said that two times Uh because she's that good. Hi. Hey, good to see you again. Thank you. So what do you have for us this week, Juju? Oh, you know what? I was streaming the other day and... I um you're always swimming by the way yeah I was gonna say the other day yeah the other day the other day (laughs) she can't get out of the water she's like damn mermaid at this point but okay so you're swimming you're swimming and I you know like uh remembered one of my best uh my favorite uh change dialect and uh it sounds really fun it's fun Mm. to say fun to know so I thought you know like um why not you know teaching you guys that word this way so it's you know like imagine you are swimming you know swimming in the water and you you can't yeah you can't uh touch the ground right so the water is deeper than your height right okay Uh so we call that that situation or you know that uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) wait do it again omulak omulak Yes. Okay, yeah, that so is very for example, fun to say, by the way. Yeah. Umulak, umulak, umulak. Yes. <laughs> like, for example, oh, be careful. It's umulak, you know? Uh. Yeah, it's deep. The water is deep. So, like, um, two days ago, I was swimming with my friends, and um, I thought it was umulak to me. Mm-hmm. and But I, I tiptoed a little bit, and then I could touch the ground, and mm-hmm. my head, my <laughs> mouth was, like, you know, a little bit up above mm. the above. Uh, water yeah and i said i i said um oh it's i thought it was omelette but it's not omelette to me and mm. a friend of mine is shorter than me and she said oh it's omelette to me <laughs> you know <laughs> so it was uh, it was fun yeah that's good. That's you know what? It makes it kind of makes me giggle a little bit because you know we're going to be upon beach season soon mm-hmm. and the fun police AKA the lifeguards <laughs> will not let you get yes. Omolak <laughs> at the beach come beach season. So yeah. really? Oh yeah. my God. No, Daryl. No, it's really it's annoying. Yeah. It's really annoying. So that's why all the Jeju people, everybody has their secret places to go that the mm-hmm. uh, fun police don't bother exactly. them when they get Omolak. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that all those, fun. that's all those lifeguards do. Apparently, a lot of people they, smoke they on the beach. Yeah. They do all the stuff that the, nope. the signs say no, but no nope. yeah. is the one thing that they do enforce. They a hundred percent. Oh man, they have chased me in a boat. Not chased me because I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I was just swimming. <laughs> I was just swimming around. Jeez. They sent a boat around. Oh, in your hood, um, in your hood, Juju, and give me. Yeah. Uh, you know I know, I know that. So, yeah, you know. So I was out <laughs> swimming, hiding, kind of mm-hmm. under the, you know, the past that rocky. Yeah. And they yeah. sent a boat up and around to come yell mm-hmm. at me. And so <laughs> then I, I wait, 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 wait. Then I stood up 
and uh-huh. the water was only waist deep. And I was like, uh-huh. what, dude, what do you want from me? And I just was like, I can't even see you. I can't see you. Look, here's the thing. Um, so like during summer, there's uh-huh. like lifeguards, right? So mm. you are not supposed to swim in the water where there's no lifeguards. So that's why they came to that mm. little snow that little of the yeah, beach yeah. from that main beach. You know, Ugh. you are supposed to be in that main beach. Only in that area. Yeah. And also oh, here, here's the tip. So, you know, like I want to swim anywhere I want. You right? want to swim almost yeah, all I, the time. I don't, yeah, I don't want to be bothered by the <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, lifeguards. So I usually go to uh go swimming really early in the morning before yeah, <laughs> yeah life before goes. they get yeah. out there yes yes, yes. i think so. any now these days any long-term resident like i said we all have our little places you know like mm-hmm. not necessarily beaches anymore mm-hmm. i think most mm-hmm. of my friends now are all about crawling over the rocks and going out you know as long as yeah. we're not in henyo property you know mm-hmm. it's it's okay yeah Mm-hmm. That reminds me, I want to ask a umuluk. So this would be a, mm-hmm. actually a really common word among the henyo, wouldn't it? Oh. I don't know. I don't do know any henyo, though. <laughs> I don't know any henyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything they do is henyo. Yeah, you, you yeah. go yeah, hunt I'll around ask. in Sagipo. Yeah, no, I mean, imagine it would be because it's a thing. Like, yeah. they have to go on teams. They, they, they have... Yes. And they have like different rules and they, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's actually quite a strict thing. So I imagine that would be a word that would be quite you. So also the other thing, umulok, what is the, mm-hmm. can you like break it down for me? Because omulok is the mul meaning water. Water. Right? I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think it's just one word. It doesn't mean like, or doesn't represent anything you know sure. just like oh, omulak right. means i think okay. i think it's it's like uh i don't know the 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 words for that like for example the it describes um the where you are no the situation yeah. or you know like oh. the your body is like omulak okay it's like you know what i mean like a sound yeah. is it to describe a sound of um, you going underneath the water you know what? Let me look it up. Oh, <laughs> I, have a little, yeah. I love our expert teacher. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, while she's looking it up, I just think like, it's fun to say she called it. Itail. Yeah. Imitative word. Okay. Because Koreans have a lot of these like, Yes. I mean, I noticed it, especially with my daughter, with all the nursery rhymes and stuff that she has. There's a lot of like it's it's like words that like are like sounds or yeah. Yeah. like onomatopoeia yeah. or yeah. um just that singer the singer that we, we yeah you know things like that yeah yeah so i think it's like word to describe the the um the going shape or the 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 move you know yeah yeah the mm-hmm. going like, down yes yeah. omlak yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know. <laughs> that, that's that's my guess. I Listen, Juju, sure. you can't yeah. know everything, so we <laughs> just appreciate you uh, teaching that fun word. I am so I'm I'm definitely here for that word. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start gonna... yelling at the lifeguards. I'm not I'm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you'll if they keep if they still come after you, then you'll mm-hmm. know if they're from the mainland 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. imported oh, lifeguards. That's yeah. Well, thank you. Perfect. That was great. Thank you for that another. That was so good. Thank you so much, yes. Juju. Oh, Perfect for summertime. So tell me, do you know much Jeju Saturi? Do I know much Jeju Saturi? Speaking it, not really. <laughs> like understanding it, kind of. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, especially because I had to interview a lot of older people. They they would throw throw in Jeju Saturi out of left field, and and there would be times I puzzled over what they were saying, and then after a while, kind of got used to it. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't say I speak it, but I can kind of understand what mm-hmm. they're saying. Right. I I. Uh, we don't have any Saturi in Canada. I, I mean, not really. I guess maybe like in the far side, but I'm really interested in it because like Jumun has its own Saturi for something. And I just found this out the other day. I was talking to my aunt and my uncles and stuff about this. And they're like, well, in Jumun, it's this and it's something else and somewhere else. And it just floors me. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, when I went um, researching with Joey, you all know Joey, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Friend of the show. Yep. Yeah, so we, we found five different names in five different villages for the same thing. So um, so, so this plant called the Hanatari. It's also called a Dulegi. It's called a Hanalegi. It's called a Chalegi. There's many different names for it. Right. That's and every awesome. village has its own name. It, yeah. was, it was just so mind-boggling. Yeah. Before we get to our interview, I'm curious if you know, what is the state of Jaju Satwudi right now? Not to put you on the spot. Like, is it as... You know, dire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jinx, you owe me a beer. Uh, at least, um, yeah, at least uh, from linguistic perspective, um, and of course, uh, Moral Saltzman uh, can tell you more wow. about this. It certainly is critically endangered because there's there's just not many people passing it on to the next generation, mm-hmm. and um, the younger generations that do pick up parts of it, it's a uh, it's very much mixed with the soul dialect. So. Um, so a lot of people do well. Obviously, dialects do change, but um, but there's such a heavy influence influence of the soul dialect that they do start to adopt um, the intonations that are more common in the soul dialect. Yeah, and the uh, definitely the more non uh, not non Koreans non Jeju people who move to the island from yeah, the mainland, that's going to di- dilute it even more exactly. and more, right? So, and, and that's the plan. 1.5 million people is the the government's goal, I think, for Jeju. So and where they get they're not gonna come all from us because yeah. JJ people aren't having babies like everybody else not having babies. Yeah. yeah. And there's also no real organized program to teach it. So that's another right. problem. Oh that's interesting. I thought they were teach I thought they I would thought be they teaching in a school. Did For that schools stop? Yeah, they they do have textbooks, but um I don't I don't I wouldn't really say it's really a good program because I had one of the textbooks before and it it was just utterly boring ah yeah it, it's completely irrelevant to everyday life so so it's not help yeah a student yeah. is not going to like mm. studying Jeju dialect because yeah. looking yeah. at the textbook this is just boring yeah i i did learn french in canada for eight years and i do not speak a lick of french right like it's yeah. it, it's you know like it's really difficult to learn in that kind of setting if you're not mm-hmm practicing wanting to yeah, yeah wanting practicing, practicing it, it, yeah, the yeah. desire's not there yeah. yeah so now we have the pleasure of you having being on our show and with the space and time to speak to you tommy let's um pick his brain yeah yeah let's i show. love it tommy's like just a festive you know yeah information well let's start off the last time we had you on or um the first time we had you on too we talked about uh hawaii of east asia that was the last thing that we looked at is the term hawaii of korea came from 1967 policy direction for the island as of jeju as the hawaii of east asia where are we now what what have you discovered seen 
Well, I found that I've, I've had to revise my position even further okay. because I, I found even further back that there actually was a reference to Jeju as the Hawaii of Korea, Hawaii of East Asia in 1955. Really? And this, it was in an American mainland newspaper that mentions a, a U.S. soldier stationed here saying that this is a veritable Hawaii of Korea or the potential to become one. Uh -huh. And it was, actually, it was actually kind of kind of a funny article because, okay. it, because there was nothing was in Jeju. You know, huh? um, the St. Louis Dispatch. What? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the St. Louis Dispatch had quite a bit. Oh, do they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, Missouri, right? Yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a couple uh, soldiers that were on Jeju during Sasam, who were from uh, like you know, I, I have to check this, so I will get cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I there was um, a donation drive that came from. Missouri over like tons and tons of clothing were brought to Jeju. Didn't we talk to Brenda about that? Didn't we? Have, yeah. Yeah. So because the orphanage yeah, here, the right? Orphanage. And yeah. um, I, I I came across doing some research about this one specific dude, American soldier that was on Jeju who was uh, studying Sasam. He was the one that investigated the March 1st shooting incident. Mm -hmm. And he was the one who arranged for all these tons of uh, yeah, to Jeju for the elephant. Like 6,000 tons of clothing. Yeah, that's a, wow. yeah. That's, right? that's a lot. So uh, continue. So in this dispatch, in 1955, one year after the massacre ended, they officially ended. They had this. Dispatch. Yeah. There, well, there's. It was a kind of a random quote of a soldier that was um, part of the relief efforts um, in, in Jeju that he that he mentioned that um, that Jeju had the potential to be a veritable Hawaii of East Asia. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't really discussed very much in policy, but but there were um, there were some early attempts on the part of the government to to maybe dabble with tourism, uh, but things really did not um, go full speed full speed ahead until 1967 when that actually did become policy. Mm -hmm. So there were there was discussions about making Jeju a tourist location at that time, and what I found interesting that Hawaii was also doing this at the same time as well because they were just becoming a united a state of the united states so right after 1959 when they officially became a state they went full speed ahead in making themselves the next big tourism de destination so what's interesting that jeju's history and hawaii's history parallel each other mm, that's really interesting because like the hawaiian shirts everyone thinks of them as, well that's a marketing campaign that was literally just for yeah. tourism purposes so when did jeju really pushed to become a tourism destination then? From the 1960s, because um, there are only discussions in the, 19, in the early 1960s, but once um, President Park Chung-hee takes over, uh -huh. by the middle of the 1960s, um, there's a much more active effort to actually make that happen. So they're no longer just discussing about the potential, they're dreaming about what Jeju could be, but they actually are considering making Jeju a tourism destination. And part of the reason was because of the success of Hawaii. Hawaii became an, a major success beyond anyone's wildest dreams. Right. Mimic that and yeah. 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 So, so they, they, they have used Hawaii as a, like a model. Yeah, interestingly, they don't say it directly in the actual planning documents, but certainly in the speeches given by the, gov gov the governors of, of, the, of the time in Jeju that they were really much paying attention to what's happening in Hawaii. Fascinating. Yeah. It really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to see. But the Missouri, St. whatever, the, the, the dispatch, how that was just more like a flippant, no, maybe not a flippant comment, but he's just speaking about 
what was the article about? Uh, the article it was it basically portrays Jeju as this um this exotic basically this exotic island off in the middle of nowhere. The article was about Jeju. It, wasn't it was just about a Jeju. It was, okay. it was a very general article about Jeju, and okay. it, it mentioned uh, the the um, the sea women, the women divers, of course. Okay. Okay. Um, the, the um which the soldiers were fascinated with. Yeah, fascinated the, con- the concept with. of of uh, Samda and Sam and Sammu also. Mm. Yeah. Do you have that article? Yes, Somewhere? I do. I have a I have a PDF yeah. of that article. You do? Yes. Can you share that? I would yeah, love sure. to read that. Okay. <laughs> Can you just give us your hard yeah. research? Just, uh, all your yeah. I just I would right. love to read that. That's fascinating. Yeah. No. There's a couple. Like when you start looking through the archives and stuff, there, Jeju pops up in weird places, and it's often about the Hanyo and some like American newspapers yeah, that sexualized. Yeah, very often about the Hanyo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was very sexualized. I mean, yeah. the soldiers really. Yeah. I mean, the postcards and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I mean, we're still with that now, right? People like you see the Hanyo, and they're always so romanticized and and these ki- kind of thing. So that, but you also have done more research recently connected with Hawaii. Um, can you tell us about the interview that you recently did? Uh, recently, I met the very person who initiated the sister relationship with, between Hawaii and Jeju. And the surprise was it was the state of Hawaii that initiated the relationship, oh. actually not Jeju. Really? Why, why did Hawaii want to do that? Um, there's actually certain people within the, the government of Hawaii. So there were actually Korean Americans uh, in, the, in the government of, of the state of Hawaii. Uh-huh. Uh, Hawaii is quite unusual because they have a much higher Asian population. So the first, um, the first actual elected representatives of, of, of Asian descent happened to be the, the representatives of Hawaii, mm. um, including uh, Je- the governor, Ariyoshi himself. He was the first Japanese-American governor of the United States. Uh-huh. And um, he was governor of Hawaii for about 12 years, and one of the lo- it was one of the longest reigning governors. And um, when he became governor, his um, focus was to orient Hawaii towards Asia, because uh, there was a sense that Asia was going to be the next big thing in the, t- the late 20th century. So Hawaii's tourism orientation was already shifted towards Asia from, from as early as uh, this, the late 60s and, er- and early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the the initiative to start the sister relationship between Jeju and or Hawaii and Jeju was on the part of Korean Americans in in Hawaii. So Hawaii does have um, some of the earliest immigrants uh, from Korea in, okay. into the United States. So so several generations down the line, uh, they've become fully American, but they still do think about connecting with their home country in one way, shape, or another. Hmm. So um, so once um, once once uh, the Adiyoshi, um administration is pretty much set in Hawaii, there's uh, these initial contacts between, um, between members of the Hawaiian government and also the Jeju government. Why, well, so what's, what is the benefit of being a sister city other than just, is it just publicity? In part, it is publicity because, um, well, there's always, there's always a question of just how effective these things really are, and sometimes right. they don't really go very far. Right, right. And indeed, even, even in the, the newspapers within Hawaii during this, uh, these decades, uh, there was a lot of questions on the part of Hawaiians themselves of, why do we keep making sister relationships with anyone that has nothing to do with us? Right. So, um, well, the, part of the reason they did that was Hawaii was trying to market itself as a, as a tourism destination, as they were becoming the success story for tourism. Mm. So they were looking for as many partners as possible. That they could sp- spread their name, basically, yeah. and make sure. Huh. And That's what was cool. his? And so it was his initiative to do this. And did, what did he say that he wanted to do it for? Just because he was from Korea and he wanted to establish a. 
I haven't gone that far into interviewing yet because we've only been exchanging emails back and forth gotcha. on, on getting information. So uh -huh. that's the next step of, of, of what the process was. Right. But as right. he said in our previous uh, communication, that um, Jeju and Hawaii's sister relationship is, is unusual because, um, because they basically had a life of its own. Sister relationships, they often don't go beyond just like cutting the ribbons on each right, other's right, buildings. Right, 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 exactly. And then but, the, when, the annual yeah. party or something like, oh, don't yeah. forget we're sister cities. Yeah. yeah, but in this case, they actually do have um, delegations go to each other's events. No they actually have conferences. They actually exchange ideas on, on tourism. Still. Still. Okay. Yes. Oh, really? That's really interesting. Yeah. You would think. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you would think there would be some wiseness being passed, you know, from Hawaii, but, you know, like yeah. some words of wisdom to Jeju. Uh, you'd also think that there may be competition for one another, especially since Jeju seems yeah. like the poor man's Hawaii sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what are some of the benefits that J they have gotten from this relationship, do you know? For either or. I don't really know if Hawaii got much out of it, honestly. <laughs> Certainly, Jeju got quite a bit out of it because uh -huh. they exchanged a lot of information. Yes, uh, yes. And, and there were all these academic conferences on tourism policy and development. Right, mm. right. That's fascinating. It is fascinating yeah. and, and to realize... Well, anyways, I'm, I have such a negative view about this, but I'm like, yeah, okay. So where do you hope this, this research, this interview, what are you hoping to, it to become? Well, I'm more interested in, in um, how the Korean-American community got involved. So that's like the missing piece of the puzzle. Okay. Mm. Because um, cause I, wasn't, I wasn't aware that they were the ones who initiated the process of making Hawaii and Jeju a sister relationship. Mm. And, and it didn't come from Jeju's side. It's really interesting. I can't... Well, I just assumed that Jeju would have been the one to sort yeah. of like reach yeah. out. He's not, is he, he's not still in that role, is he? No. No, okay. Mm. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating because, like, it raises questions about so Korean Americans sort of embrace Korea. Does Korea embrace Korean Americans in the same way? Do they do they have like Korea Americans want to have a connection oh, to their to, to their home, right? Yes. But do does Korea sort of embrace them as the way that they embrace Korea, or is that a weird question? My hunch would be no. Yes and no, uh -huh. but it well it really for um, Korean Korean relationships with uh, its diaspora politics or po population it depends on which part of the world you're living in. Right. Mm -hmm. Certainly, Korean Canadians and Korean Americans and Korean Australians are, are embraced by Korea. Um, if you're a Korean Chinese, that could be a little tricky. Korean or, Cubans or, or Korean Japanese also. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So what else are you working on? You have a an interesting interview tomorrow that. Um, you told me about. Can you talk about a little bit about for the podcast? Um, not exactly tomorrow. It's oh, Saturday. Saturday. Next yeah. weekend. Next, yeah, next weekend. So, yeah, um, uh, I've also been interested in, in the, the queer community in, in Jeju because, um, again, Jeju has its own queer culture festival, and I didn't really expect Jeju to be the place to have one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, yeah, so I'm meeting with the organizers of that festival. Good. So, I'm so glad that worked out. Yeah. Mm. So my side project right now is I'm looking at um, 
and queer culture and queer and queer spaces outside of the usual places in Itaewon and Seoul because mm-hmm. much of the attention is focused there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my what I'm interested in is how is it different outside of the outside of Itaewon? How how do in people, a smaller yeah, yeah 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 how do people create their own communities where the community or the the environment around it is is probably much more hostile than it is very in Seoul. much yeah we um, I often because I you know change on social on the head I will often get uh, mm-hmm. messages like can you tell me is there uh, is there queer bars around and yeah. you know where where can I go to meet other queer people and I'm like yeah sorry no there I mean there used to be here in Tapdong there used to be there uh, isn't? I thought there no were... I don't did you no no I think it closed quite some time ago I I remember back when I was working for the paper the Jeju Weekly I tried to write I wanted to write about the the gay community queer community on Jeju mm-hmm. it was like it was very very Difficult. I never got to because I, um, not speaking off the record would have been fine, but I couldn't actually get people who wanted to speak off the record. Trying to find locations, people were very close, close mouth about it, which I fully understand. And Especially because JG is such a country, uh, you know, like such a it's small, small community, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it was. It's really, really, but it's not the same now. Like we do have a queer culture festival right. on JJ. We well, didn't have that before. Amazing, yeah. because I was involved with that the very first year, and yeah. it's amazing that they were able to do that. Uh, the hostility was unbelievable. Uh, the protesters came down from Seoul. Not you know, like all the churches were just lining. Uh, the streets. What the uh, last one because of COVID? Last one was two years ago, mm-hmm. and you know we you you marched from one area to the other area through City Hall, and the church and the protesters were just lining. One threw himself under uh, the bus mm-hmm. on, under like I this. I was I brought my daughter. That was the uh, first time mm-hmm. she went to the queer festival, and it's amazing uh, what they were able to to yeah. pull off in that. In I mean, anyways, in all environment, it's not you know. Yeah, it, but the but protesters were more than more, the people. Than, the protesters were more than and, people. So for them to be able to do that and keep it running and then you know yeah, yeah. so what do you I think you may find from this research looking into uh, queer spaces that are not in Itaewon what do you uh, any idea what you may discover or what you have found already well I've been looking also at the city of Daejeon which is also a, it's a huge city but it's also really not like Seoul at all uh-huh. it's um it's kind of country in a certain way and is a bit conservative mm-hmm. well this whole, this whole point of being was that historically it was it was a colonial railroad town and that was, and still it's not really much there mm. it, it's just a big city that's it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, but what I've found so far is that there's um there's not really a settled kind of community like people don't have actual gay bars to go to in, in that area or they might exist but only people who already know that they exist are there yeah so it's it's much more clandestine. So basically, um, the way the way it operates is that basically people go to to queer friendly spaces and they just temporarily make that their their queer friendly space. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Itaewon and Seoul, everybody There's knows. There's designated, where it is. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. HBC. They're, yeah. they're transient places that based on like just we're queer, we're here. This is now queer space for now, and then yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Interesting. Yeah. So that seems okay. to be the case in Daejeon. Mm-hmm. And and also and also it might be the case for Jeju as well. I might, might imagine that's also the issue that that um, that because it's such a tight knit community, it's it's kind of hush hush about where these places exactly are. You know, I this that might be true, but um, I'm pretty welcomed or friendly with enough people, and I have 
yet to hear. Like, you know, there's this place to go to, yeah. this place. So it's, and I, and I did used to go to one here in town, so yeah. I knew when there used to be, but yeah, yeah but I don't know. It's, it's an interesting subject. I wonder if something that you may find is that people just leave there where they are. Like, queer people on Jeju may just leave and go to Seoul because there are more permanent places. And also, you can kind of, like... To date and everything. I yeah. Mean, many of my gay friends, uh, are, you know, would have secret boyfriends, secret girlfriends, you know, and then, but for the most part, would go to Seoul to just meet and to be, you know, active. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder... Still now, it's I, I feel like I have plenty of friends that have secret partners here on Jeju. That they're not out, they're not, they will never be out, yeah. Uh, of Koreans? Yeah, of Koreans, yeah. They will never, yeah. Because it's different if they're, you know, to be a foreigner. Well, Jeju is unusual that it actually does have a queer culture festival. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, even Daegu of all places. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, but Daegu actually does not. Oh. Even though it's a big city, they actually don't have queer well, that's culture. That's really interesting, because it... Okay. How many queer culture festivals are there in, in Korea? There's several, yeah, there's and mostly in the major cities. Okay. Yeah. Daejeon's mm -hmm. kind of the anomaly that they don't have one. Oh, that's that's really interesting work. You know, and um, that you have like a year to work on that. So we'll we should have you come back on when you're done to talk about what you've discovered about Jeju's. I mean, if you still want to come back on again after this, <laughs> but like, no, certainly I'm, I'm here every year. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what else are you hoping to do? Like you're here. You gonna get some like sun and relaxation? Throw back a couple margaritas. What are you doing? <laughs> um, I don't know about sun because it's been pretty cloudy lately. It has <laughs> been, and it's, it's gonna the, be the yeah. start of the rainy season. Yep, pretty it's soon about too. to. Yeah. 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 Well, your wife is coming, so a little yes. honeymoon. Yeah, a little. Just relax and. Yeah, just like an unofficial honeymoon. Yeah. We, well, we're going to do the real honeymoon maybe next year after the actual ceremony. Right, yeah. right, We, we had right. to delay it twice because yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. So it's so crazy, isn't yeah. it? My, yeah, yeah. What, not, I mean, you just got here, but have you noticed any differences from the last time you were here? Oh, a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, just walking through the old town, I've seen so many businesses I don't recognize and, uh -huh. and all these buildings that weren't there before mm -hmm. yeah have you seen the new what is it Lotte Tower the huge dream, 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 dream tower, tower yeah, yeah. I, I could see it from the airplane and <laughs> that's bad everywhere yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny yeah, yeah it's, it's well, it's kind of funny that they, they had two towers because it's just like the two towers from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, you can just somehow see those two towers everywhere. Mordor. Uh, the reason why I mentioned Lotte is because I, I see that one when I come into town, right? From, yeah. from And it's just something about it seems so much heavier and big. Like, I don't even... It's, it's, it's a sizable building, yeah. and it, it's, a, it's a hefty building, the way they did it. I don't yeah. know why it does, but it just well, seems so much heavier than all the other metallic buildings. Metallic, right. and yeah. you know, it just has that appear. Yeah. I just wonder if Jeju is ever going to sink from all the development <laughs> that we're putting on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's take a commercial break, and then we'll come back with a Jeju 5, yeah. and then we'll eat, because I am I'm starving. starving. So Same let's do it here. quickly. <laughs> So now that you've been an official like interviewee on our show, we're going to ask you the Jeju 5, which is five rapid-fire questions about Jeju, um, and you have to be completely truthful, or uh, you, you don't get to come on the podcast again. <laughs> completely truthful. Jeez, no pressure at all. So first question, where on the island do you go to get away? Where on the island do I go to get away? 
Usually, you actually go to a tea shop. A, tea, a specific tea shop or just random tea shop? Well, there's, a, there's actually one that I usually go to, um, assuming that it's open, because their hours are sometimes weird. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's this place called Chai, Chai Hyanggi in on uh, Chilsung Road. Oh. So that's like my go-to That's your place. haven, huh? Yeah. Okay, next question. What is your go-to beverage at the Mart? Soju, makgeolli, mekchu. Or, or anything else, anything but... Else. Um, I don't drink alcohol at all. That's so, right. That's yeah, right. what I usually drink is gampil juice. Okay. Okay. The coast, hala or autumn? Hala. Why? Well, funny thing is I've only been there twice. Uh-huh. And I actually haven't been all the way to the top. Okay. So I really have to get, get to the top someday. <laughs> eh. All right. What's something you know about Jeju that most others don't, which you know so much? So what do you think you know more than the average person? What do I know more about Jeju than like the average? Like a fact. A fact? Yeah. Something that would surprise most people. Hmm. Something that would surprise most people. There's going to be a lot that I was just going to say, people. I would imagine this is a hard question yeah. for you because you have so many factoids in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No, Jeju, like Jeju's um, dialect is actually classified as as a different language in the Korean language family. So it's actually not just a dialect. Yeah. Okay. That is an interesting factor. Yeah. All right. And, oh, is that mine? Uh, what would you change about Jeju if you could change something about Jeju? Hmm, there's a little too much to change. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly the tourism numbers. Okay, okay. But so if we want to reduce tourism, what would we do to compensate for the economy, right? Like that's the thing that we need to worry about. Businesses here, you know? Support. Tech businesses is what I would want to lean towards. Neighbor. Yeah, and also just um, just improve the quality of tourism. It's like, like maybe it might cost a little more, but at least make it worthwhile. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. Great. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Oh. Can we eat? Yes. yes. Let's go eat. Aslam, yeah. little plug for them. Make sure you guys come yeah, here and support sure. this business. Yeah, definitely come here. What, what's your go-to dish? What's your favorite dish? Oh, I, everything here is why. But for sure, for sure, the hummus with the beef on top of it. Yeah. Then the eggplant tip. Yeah. I mean, I, the whole menu. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Okay. Ciao. Now that's been another episode of Me, You, and Jeju. Before we sign off, I'd like to thank Tommy again for coming on. It's always a pleasure having him on our show. And uh, this episode, uh, this interview is is no exception to that rule. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. And we look to have you on again uh, in the near future. And of course, to all of you who have listened, who have listened this far, thank you. Uh, Now, the music for our show is brought to you by Jason Lisko. Art by Sarah Hodgkiss, co-host Alexis Joy, and I am Daryl Coote. Speak to you next time. Bye.